turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. The dogs are quiet, and the guy that caused this whole commotion in the radio studio is sitting next to me. Do you have any explanation why you destroyed the last five minutes of my radio show? No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) I about just lost my mind. We're up at the ranch, and he comes up because it's Labor Day weekend. The kids are going to ride quads. So the kids run to the barn, but the dogs are inside, and they have a view of the barn. And so they go crazy. But now they're outside with the kids, and everything's fine. And you're in here, and you need to calm down. I promised Jerry we'd go straight to him, and I'm going to keep my promise. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Um, Two questions that are very closely related. Um, How do you know a jump box is dead? I mean, other than it won't jump the car, obviously. Say that again. How do you know if a jump box you, is dead? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can't. Go Okay. Well, a, a fully charged battery is 13 volts, and a, okay. a, a battery that needs a charge is 12 volts. And so if it's 12.4, it's 40% charged. If it's 12.8, it's 80% charged. And if it's 13, it's 100% charged. So now you, you need to load test your battery pack as well. So you hook the battery up to a car. And you monitor the voltage, and when the battery pack the battery pack cannot drop below 9.6, because if it does, the battery pack is defective. So you just start the car, and sometimes we disable the fuel system and the a spark system so we can crank it over for five or ten seconds to just make sure we don't get near 9.6. But to be honest with you, if the voltage drops, it's going to be like to the tall tens or the small 11s, and that's all okay. But to answer your question, a battery pack. If you take a voltmeter and test it on the DC level, it's going to be 13. It's fully charged, and it's, that's a percentage, and that's 100%, so everything moves backwards, okay? Okay. And what makes for a good battery pack, good jump pack? Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, typically, in what I found, and we go through a lot of them at our office, um, this is going to sound weird, but expensive ones are pretty good. Uh, if you want me to be totally honest with you, we have one that um, that we paid about 300 bucks for. It's about the size of a small lunchbox, and that thing will jump the space shuttle if you ask it nicely. And it'll do a diesel, too. Yeah, it'll do it'll what? do any diesel. And it's you, you got to find a good one. Um, LiPo batteries, L-I-P-O, uh, lithium polymer batteries are a better, uh, better battery. They last longer, and they... Um, they can they as long as you keep them above a certain voltage they'll last a long time they'll stay a long time but they also give you a huge amount of cranking amps but lithium polymer batteries anything with that and they're going to be more expensive but we've gone through our thirty dollar ones our fifty dollar ones our eighty dollar ones but um, and of course we don't have a bunch of three hundred dollar ones but we have one or two <laughs> and they everyone fights over them and 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 where does that thing reside 
Right now it's at the at the shop. Yeah, I know it's at the shop, but exactly where does it reside in right the shop? Right on Adam's workbench. Oh, I plugged in. Th- Sometimes it's in your office. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. It it for the first 6 months I was very stingy with it because I I didn't want you know Stingy with it. Just put a period at the Stingy end. Stingy with it because we know how uh, sometimes <laughs> stuff gets treated in the shop. Okay, but and and, and 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 we need to draw a better picture. We have two sides of the shops. We have ten bays on the left, ten bays on the right, and we have battery packs on both sides. Yes, they get used every single day, multiple times. Yeah, multiple times, and we keep them plugged in all the time. But we do use some of those cheap ones yes, there, but yes. we also have this monster that it, it, it resides on the diesel side of our business. Yeah. And that's where we really need the monster. But that should answer your question, Jerry, and thank you for holding it through the break. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Tim, you're up next. Tim, how can I help you? Well, hello. I uh, would like to ask a question about a fork truck. Okay. I uh, I have a, a, a propane regulator on it, and it... This truck's old and beat up, and it sits around most of the time, but when I need it, it's there. And uh, it's been running pretty good for the last several years, and then all of a sudden here it's uh, uh, starting acting up where it won't start. And I think what's happening is uh, it's too much high pressure, and it's it's pumping too much fuel, and it, it comes out it comes out the carburetor inlet eventually. Okay. Well, I... I... I I don't want to I don't want to diagnose this based on what you think it might be, but I think you'll agree with me that it's either going to be too little fuel or too much. Now yes. the too much, there's no such thing as flooding your motor with propane. So it just it isn't a situation where we're going to flood so much motor so much propane into a motor a generator on a on a motor home or all the different ones. And I think our our forklift forklift uh, uh-huh. uh, propane power too. Yeah, You're, we're not going to flood it. Now. What does bother me is is that you seem to think that we got propane coming out of the mouth of the carburetor, and I'll bet you see it. Is that right? Correct. Okay. That sounds like a mechanical issue. That sounds like that we might have a timing belt or a timing chain that's given up the ghost. Does it crank well, I, over and sound the same as it did before? Well, I do have another little piece of information that I should have included. Uh, when I turn on the initially open the propane tank, it will start, I can hear it flowing, and then I will see it come out there. If I turn the tank off and wait till it subsides a little bit, the truck will start and idle for about 10 seconds. You're right, then. You're absolutely right. You're abso- I've never seen that before, but you're absolutely right. Now, if you take that propane regulator off, I'm quite sure there's numbers on it. And if you just Google the numbers with the word propane after it, you're going to find a regulator for that thing. That's exactly what I would do. Okay. So my next question would be, uh, you know, you can buy rebuild kits for them for fifty, sixty bucks, and you can buy a new one for a hundred and five. Hmm. Well, I still think that if you get a number on it and you know what the fittings are on each end, you know, like five eighths or half inch mm-hmm. coarse thread mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I'm quite sure you can find them. I, I had a fireplace regulator on a propane I needed not too long ago, and everybody that I talked to from the fireplace business, that thing was the $200 gizmo, and, and, and I ended up finding it on the Internet from, and it's actually, if you could, do you remember the name of the propane company that makes just about everything? Yeah. What is it? Oh, I'm, oh it's, it's, it's a BMT60. Okay. Is no, 
it um, no this is the propane company that makes the regulators and the carburetors it's it's a it's a, a common name but they also make thermostats and all that other kind of stuff mm. but, oh, but you, or MCO or... yeah you know i take the old one apart first if the diaphragm's okay. blown out of it or it's rusty or it's dirty or it's wet then rebuilding that one if the diaphragm was out of it i'd get the kit but if it was okay. if it was any kind of contamination there, I, I'd, I'd spend the hundred and five dollars. How many years have you had this propane or this forklift? Oh, I don't know, forty. <laughs> and you're complaining about a hundred and five dollars? Oh no, no, I'm not complaining. I, I, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Well, you know, it's like I said, it sits around ninety nine percent of the time. But when you have to lift a machine, it's worth its weight in gold. Well, and I'm going to go out and fire up my forklift in a few minutes, and the grandkids are here, and before they can ride their quads, they have to they have to change the oil in their quads, so I'm going to put it on the forks so we can there get you underneath, because Grandpa's just too damn old to lay on his back and drain oil out of a quad. It's but funny no, I, how useful they get. <laughs> well, we have one at the office that's got to be 20 years old, yeah. and we use that thing every we single day. Everything. everything. We we use it to, we put it, we have a box, a man box on it, and we lift it up real high so that we fix leaks on the overhead lube units. They replace light bulbs and Everything. pull motors and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> anyway, no, well, thank it's you. only 20 years old. That's, a, that's new. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're one right. More quick, can I ask one more brief question? Yeah. Yes. I live in Tempe, and I've had a couple bad experiences with local um, maintenance guys here. And I was wondering if you had anybody that you really liked here in Tempe that does you know, uh, maintenance work. Automotive. Okay, well, you put me in an embarrassing situation because I have the okay. best. Okay, I was that's I was afraid of that. Never mind. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to answer your question though. Um, I there is a a hole in the in the South Tempe Chandler Gilbert area that I haven't been able to fill. I'm at Warner and I ten. Um, I'm I'm quite sure that with respect to maintenance that that we can handle whatever you've got. So okay. um, if That's you want to do that, if, if you go inside, you ask for Alan or Andy. Andy's my daughter. She actually is Alan's boss because he <laughs> needs like two or three. Yeah. And, and he runs the shop, and, and his shop is both maintenance and repair on the gas side, and then we also have a diesel side. So okay. he runs the floor, and they're more scared of him than they are her, but they really need to know that they need to be more scared of her than him. But uh, he's done a good job with that. But we, we could help you. I would send you to a shop if I had a shop in that area. I don't advertise in my shop, and my shop is not on my list. But I, I, if you're in Tempe, uh, yeah, we'll help you if you want. Well, okay? that's, that's good enough for me. I, I appreciate taking the time. Okay. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. I you enjoy betcha. your show. Thank you very much. Mm, thank you. Jamie, or, uh, Jeremy, was that the next name? Author. Author? Okay. okay. Author, you're up next. How are you? Hi, it's Arthur. That's correct. Okay. Uh, no author. I haven't written a book yet. Uh, well, that's that's what I ask for is because Jeremy, I guess he had a hangover Jeremy's last problem. night. Yeah, it's Jeremy's problem. For anything that happens on the no. show that's bad, it's Jeremy's. It's a regal Jeremy, pronunciation, people. Yeah, it's, it's the author. That's right. Well, you listen, uh, that. One, one note. I just want to thank you. You had made a recommendation for uh, Action Auto up at Bell Road and um, I-17, or I, Deer Valley and I-17, I guess. And uh, they're a great group. So I want to appreciate the, uh, the heads up that you directed us up there. Thank you. But thank the, you. And, and now my question is, so I have a 2010 Toyota Sienna. And uh, recently, my uh, air conditioner has been um, sort of fading out and then all of a sudden, you know, kicking in and fading.
fading out and kicking in. It's very sporadic, but it uh, you know you put it on and it runs well. It it chills very well, uh, and after a couple of moments, you know you just don't even notice that it's just slowly slowed down. Okay. And okay. It, you know. And, I need uh, you to anyway. drive it city and highway and see if there's a difference because I need to know if airflow through the radiator and the condenser is what's causing it to go warm and hot or warm and cold. You see, your Santa's going to have some electric cooling fans that I need to operate, and they could be temperature controlled or they could be on all the time the AC's on. But if you say to me, I'm on the freeway and this problem doesn't happen, but around town it does, then the first place I'm going to look at it is that fan working. Because, see, when you're doing 60 miles an hour on the freeway, I don't need that fan. You're moving right. air through the grill and through the condenser and through the radiator. The second thing is, is, is I also know the frequency. Does it change from city to highway? Because that could be a Freon level. And I think what's going on is, is we have a low-pressure switch and a high-pressure switch. I think your low-pressure switch kicking the compressor off and then after the pressure comes back up, then it turns the compressor back on. And the low-pressure switch is the switch that's supposed to tell us that we need to address the Freon level. Okay. And it could well, be, there's a lot that can be that way. Go ahead. So I did go to one of the, the you know, uh, chains here in town and uh, bought a can of the Freon and, and um, you know, with their tutelage, you know, uh, put it on there and it immediately went up into the red as, you know, as though it was you know, charged fully or high pressure. And yeah. they said, no, it's not going to take anymore. And uh, their thought was that it had to be completely uh, uh, drained and uh, then recharged. Okay, well, uh, you just wadded up my panties really bad. I'm sorry. Um, did uh, you have the stop leak in the can, too? No, I didn't buy that one. Okay, okay. Because um, if you did, that. you just uh-huh. wiped yourself out of doing business with any of us. If okay. you put uh, to everybody out there, you go to the three-whiskered kid. Can you tell him I'm wanted up? You go to the three-whiskered kid at the auto parts store. His job is to sell. Right. He pretends he's a mechanic, and he's going to sell you stuff, and it's a guess. So right. you've just now either overcharged your system or you've created a problem because now nobody knows where the Freon level's at. So we got to start all over again. The three-whiskered kid that wouldn't know an air conditioning, he wouldn't even know what to touch on an air conditioning unit to determine if it's working. Well, I tend to agree with you as far as as what your the description of the you know the sales people there. But uh, this you know um, there was no freon that went you know it didn't charge. It was one of those sensors that shows you what your level is before you turn the knob and release the freon. Okay. Um, I'm and, thinking, and, though, did you have the car running when you did that? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. We had it running, and we had the fan on high. Are and you sure happens, that you it, had the low side uh, uh, Schrader as opposed to the high side Schrader? Uh, I'm sorry. The, what was the last well, word? You said Schrader? Schrader. Schrader valve. There's two oh, fittings. Oh, the Schrader valve. Yeah. Because, right. um, see, when you plug in one of those cans of Freon that you buy at the auto parts store, and if you plug uh-huh. it into the wrong Schrader, it goes straight to, to red because it doesn't want to see hundreds of pounds of pressure. So it goes to red, and it hopes that you're smart enough not to open the can because we're going to blow the can up in your hands. Right. So usually, and I'm going to guess on your car, uh, usually uh, the Schrader valves are going to be different threads or different sizes, but not always. So in your particular case... Um, I think you should start over, 
Um, I don't know when the last time it was ever really addressed, but we talked about the electronic dipstick earlier in the show, and the electronic dipstick kind of tells us what we need to do. We suck out your old stuff, we measure it, and if you're three low, four low, five low, six low, then we put that back in. And 100% of the time, and I've been doing this now for, what, three years? Mm -hmm, Four years. Four years. We've been doing this. We've had this piece of equipment that's very expensive for four years, and we've hit a home run every single time. Now, we're not the only shop in town that has this. There's hundreds of guys out there. Well, not hundreds, but there's 50, 60 guys out there that have this. So that's what I do. And what is it called again? Well, you're just going to say, do you have a machine that will suck out all my Freon, clean it, put it back in, you see, th- there's the kid. The key, the key word is I'm giving you your Freon back, and I'm not charging you for it. Okay. I'm giving it back to you. That's part of the process. Gotcha. So, gotcha. And then all I'm going to do is, is top off what you're, you're less. The machine says, Mark, how much is it supposed to hold? I put 20 ounces. And it says, Mark, he's only got 12 in it. So I'm going to clean up the 12, take the water and trash out of it, put it back in his car. Do you want me to add eight? Yes, I do. Boom. I'm done. I always tell customers the, the same thing. If they tell me that they're going to go buy a can at uh, at XYZ, I say, okay, I'll see you soon. <laughs> right. Because right. under under no circumstances can we are we are now with the with the one two three four YF we are measuring in grams. We're not measuring in ounces anymore or pounds anymore. We're actually measuring in grams. Under no circumstances can some you know dollar ninety nine gauge tell you what my ten thousand dollar machine can t- can tell you. In addition to that, and we're up against a break. In, a, in, a, in addition to that, on top of all of that. It, we're, not, we're not capable of doing that. I'm a master tech. I'm not capable of knowing whether it's too low or too high, and it could easily be either one. So we have sophisticated equipment that's going to take you to the promised land. But, but just adding refrigerant, and, and you're no different than everybody else. Right, they they right. just throw a pound of refrigerant in there and hope it like heck it works. Um, most of the time, they don't put two in, and many times they should have, and that would have done it. Or they overcharge it, and then they end up with the high side switch cutting off the compressor. So there's those kinds of dynamics. But i got to take a break. Thank you very much, Arthur. Dave, you stay right there. We'll be right back. Let's face it. We love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Patriot Phoenix skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Patriot Phoenix. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what's your favorite radio station? That's easy. Intelligent Talk, 960, The Patriot. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. 
ultimate decisions. Prager, Elder, Hewitt, and Sebastian Gorka. September 13th, we tackle the major issues surrounding our country. Hugh Hewitt moderates a panel on national security, radical Islam, and crime with former Deputy Assistant to President Trump, Sebastian Gorka, Zudi Jasser, and Maricopa County Attorney Bill Montgomery, experts on the most important issues facing us today. Are we on the right track, the wrong track, and where do we go from here? And for the main event, the Patriots' own Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Dennis Prager hit the stage to talk about Arizona's crucial Senate race, national races, and the greatest threats facing our country today. Ultimate Decisions, September 13th at Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Get your tickets now. General admission, preferred seating, and exclusive VIP meet-and-greet tickets, which include the best seats in the house, all available at 960thepatriot.com. Info, tickets, and more. 960thepatriot.com. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... I want to be a... I want to be a... I want to be When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number six. Find the latest articles from Town Hall, Hot Air, or even the most recent posts from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and more, all on the Patriot app news feed. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. Welcome back, everybody. 25 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I need to do some business real quick, and then we're going to go to the phones. Larry Harker's Automotive has been around since 1967, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Bob and Ellen run Larry Harker's Auto. They're really very good at what they do, but Bob is one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life, and he's one of those guys that you can throw the gauntlet down in front of him, and he'll stare you in the eye and say, I got this. You can tell him anything you want as long as you describe the symptoms, and he really gets excited when you say, nobody can fix this. But he also does oil changes and everything else like that. So if you live in the area of 38th Avenue and Indian School and you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest that you try them. If you've got a car and every your story starts off with nobody can fix it, and you live in the west side of, of, of the Phoenix Valley area, west of Central, 38th Avenue and Indian School, Larry Harker's Auto. We're going to go back to the phones real quick now, and we're going to do Dave. Dave, thanks for holding as long as you did. How can I help you? And No problem. So I have a couple questions, one of them likely easy, another one quite perplexing. Okay. So the first, I've got a 2009 F-150 uh, Super Crew with the 5.4 liter uh, V8 in it. It's a four wheel drive, and the switch is in inside the you know up on the dashboard. It doesn't have a uh, lockout hub, so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question is, uh, I, I almost never use the four wheel drive. Really, almost never. 
but I, I don't want it to kind of fall into disrepair. So uh, I, I've taken the habit up to this point of just about once every quarter or so, I'll just drop it into four-wheel high and drive around the block and four-wheel low and drive around the block and then put it back in, in the two-wheel drive. Is there any utility in that? Is that like keep the grease rolling around it? Does that do anything useful or is, is that um, just a waste of time? No, but I want you to change it. I don't want you driving circles. I don't want you making hard right corners when you're in four-wheel high. Low. Low. You're driving it in low? You just said low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, four I high and four-wheel. I drive, I drive it in both, so maybe it okay. doesn't matter as long no. as it goes into four-wheel. Right? I'll tell you what I do. I'm up in basin. I'm coming down to Phoenix, and, it, and on a monthly basis, I go to four-wheel high. I know I'm going to be driving straight. I'm doing 50, 60 miles an hour. I don't care. I'm going to get the oil good and hot. I'm going to get everything lubricated. I'm going to drive maybe 10, 15, 20 miles, pull off the side of the road, push two-wheel drive high, and haul butt. Okay. I was hoping you were going to make a... Make a uh, concession on that because I was going to say I've had numerous customers drive all the way home from the rim in four wheel drive, but yeah, t- ten miles not not an issue. I was hoping you were going to add something there. No, but. and 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 I also I said to him I don't want him driving around the block, right? Because he's hopscotching that truck around the block. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't want that. So if you just do what I suggested, and you also have to drive it hot enough, long enough to get the fluid hot. And so that yes, and I I do mine monthly, but 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 my truck's two years old, three years old, and I think I have eighty eight thousand miles on it. So I've been packing the miles on it. Two years old? I don't know. Don't <laughs> correct me. <laughs> Six years old? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. But I do put lots of miles on it. And nevertheless, uh, you know, you're about to get your mic shot off there, Dave. You had another oh, picture. Oh yeah. You had another question. <laughs> question. Yeah, I have one more question, and that is the the truck has developed a uh, kind of a, me- a metallic grinding sound. Um, when you're driving down the road and it's it's sufficiently loud enough to hear with the windows up and I've got mud tires on, so at highway speed they make a little noise as well. So I can hear it above that, and it's related to acceleration. And I've tried the process of elimination. I say, well, if I'm rolling down the road, what is always turning versus intermittently turning? So it can't be the wheels or the drivetrain or anything else. I'm kind of I was the first thinking speedometer cable, but then I realized no, it. It, it only happens when I press the accelerator, and only occasionally you'll just hear it start to develop. Then I'll let off the accelerator, and it'll stop. I'm okay. still rolling. All right. Then I'll if, push if the you... accelerator again, and it may or may not do it, and then it'll come back, and it's kind of on and off. Okay. All right. Well, we're up against a break, so we're going to put you on hold, and we're going to tell Glenn, you stay right there because you're going to be next. Uh, 602-508-0960. We've got three lines open because Dave's got one and Glenn's got one. 602 602- Five zero eight zero nine sixty. I've lost my mind. Every Saturday, we're here from ten to twelve talking about cars. You're always welcome to join us. My email address is mark at marksalem dot com. Mark at marksalem dot com. If you want to send me an email, send me your phone number. I usually call you back. We'll be right back after this. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. 
They use the best glasseric paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Are you interested in becoming your own boss and start flipping houses right now in the Phoenix area? If so, here's an amazing opportunity for you. Nick Vertucci, founder of the NV Real Estate Academy, created a very simple system that allowed him to flip over 800 properties and become a multimillionaire. Now, Nick would like to share this step-by-step system with you. Call 1-800-615-3123 right now and Nick will send you a free copy of his new Hidden Treasures in Wholesaling Properties kit. So if you are ready to start flipping houses or even fascinated about learning how to find properties that could produce rental money, call 800-615-3123 now to get your free wholesaling kit today. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Call 800-615-3123 now and Nick will also give you four tickets to a training workshop, which includes a free meal, smartwatch, and USB drive loaded with his new book. All free just for attending. Call 800-615-3123 to get your free wholesaling sailing kit call now a promise was made a promise that hit the beaches of normandy a covenant that split the skies over berlin a vow that captured iwo jima a promise was made a solemn oath that liberated soul a sacred trust that defended kaysan a pact that dug in in denang a contract that weathered tet A promise was made, a pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq, a bond that patrolled door-to-door in Fallujah, an IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans, a promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the promise, visit DAV.org. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, 34 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Who's that from? Oh, hold on, hold on. Go. You know, this actually crossed my mind, to be totally honest with you, Um, but I'm not sure how that noise equates to it, but you do what you need to do, and then we'll get back to Dave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when we're when we're doing the show live, our friends often text yeah, us yeah, yeah. and tell us. Well, this the, is an employee, but yes, okay, yes. All right, so so the, we're going to talk to him and ask him why the the air powered hubs have anything to do with this noise. Yeah, but yeah. that's what we're going to do. All right, uh, Dave, we're going to put you on hold, and we're working on this. But here's the deal: we need to know if this is speed related 
or not. So you can make it happen by throttling up. So, I, you know, you need to throttle up at 10 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, and see if the noise changes. In, in repetitiousness, does the speed of the noise change? Because if it doesn't change, then we can eliminate all the wheel bearings and everything else. It could be a heat shield on the exhaust system. It could be a lot of different things. We had a car come in the other day that had a noise nobody could fix, and one of the air conditioning lines brackets that was on the right front fender had come loose, and when the air was running, that would vibrate. And so it would just, but most gray-haired guys are going to be able to at least identify what it is. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say goodbye to you. Have you and and you're getting that information? Yes, on I'm why, info. why he thinks yeah. it's that, and if he's right about the hubs, then locking the hubs might make it go away by putting it in a four-wheel drive. That's possible. Um, okay. I know he just did one of these last week. Okay. Um, I know he just did one, so he would know better than anyone. Okay. I just don't All remember right. what the symptom was. All right, stay tuned, Dave. And, and Glenn, hold on just a second. I got a little business. Strictly Diesel is up on I-17 in Deer Valley, on Pinnacle Peak Road. I'm sorry, I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. I know Nate really well. I know Nate knows diesels. He does foreign and domestic light truck diesels, and he also does customizations. But Nate's really good with drivability concerns, exhaust leaks, stuff like that. So he's a diehard service repair parts guy. And they also sell parts 24 hours a day on their website. And so you can compare cold air kits and all kinds of programmers and all kinds of stuff like that for your diesel. So if you need diesel work and you live north in the North Valley, the only shop I can tell you to go to is Strictly Diesel Service and Repair, I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. Glenn, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hello, Mark. Thank you. you bet. I have two questions, uh, one concerning uh, itemization of a bill, and the other is regarding a flywheel on this project. Okay. Uh, it's my sister's vehicle. It's an O2 Nissan Frontier, 150,000 miles. She had a starter put in, and part of the itemized bill listed uh, $39 for shop fees. Okay. And then also I had a question about the uh, the diagnosis of fifty dollars to to figure out the starter was bad. I, I can't I can't answer either one of those questions. I can tell you. Oh boy, that was uh, weird. Oh, and uh, alert. Yeah, sorry. Hold on, everybody else's phone is oh, doing I'm the same one. thing. <laughs> yeah, everybody's doing it. Okay, real quick, shop supplies and environmental charges are typically a derivative of a percentage of the parts, labor, or both. Okay. Everybody right. has different ones. All um, right. Do you have any idea what ours is? Uh, it's, it's 3% of parts. Okay. Our shop supplies is 3% yes. of parts. Yes. And then the environmental is like 1% of the labor. It's like 1.5% of the labor. 1.5% of the percent. labor. Yeah. And the environmental charges go to help pay for all your waste oil I got to sure. get rid of and your oil filters and all the byproducts that are really hazardous. I pay for that. But the products... The shop supplies is really for all the stuff we use that we don't bill you for, the brake cleaner, the carb cleaner, the silicone, the shop towels. The rags. The rag, everything. You know, the, so 30 and $50 to diagnose a starter, I can't really comment because I don't know what they, what they looked at and what they didn't. If it was a noise and it only happened when it was, you know, being dri- or when it was cranked over, then it mm-hmm. was either going to be a starter or a flywheel. That's all there is to it. But if it was a situation where intermittently when they let go of the key there was a noise, then that would involve probably a broken flex plate, and then we'd have to pull some cowling off of it to look inside and see if that's what it was. It, it, and, was, inter- it was intermittently uh, functional, and, and uh, I would just what my question about that was, was do they normally apply uh, that, that diagnosis uh, and subtract it, you know, or include it?
included if, if they have the work done there. No, 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 no. Okay, There's, all right. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and let me defend that. The, the idea is this, is there are three parts of your repair bill. There's the diagnosis to get us there, and then mm-hmm. there's the labor to do the work, and then there's always parts. Um, Got it. The, the, the diagnostic is is the best deal of all of it because okay. you should say to them and you should teach your sister to say to them, I'm not interested in paying for guesses. Your diagnosis better be right on the money because if the diagnosis it doesn't fix my problem and your repair that's related to your diagnosis doesn't fix my problem, then we're going to guess with your money, not mine. So look them in the eye and say, is this a guess or a fix? And if they say it's a guess, you need to move on. So, I've taught her. I've taught her all the lessons you've taught me about that. About that uh, questioning back and forth. So she, yeah. she's very well in tune. But I that, just didn't. I didn't know if whether that was included. Or that, that I'll be honest. With you, that's a great question. We get asked that every single day. Um, every single day at the shop. You know, does it? Does that go towards repair? And um, and you know the. It, one of our guys said it's like going to the doctor. Yeah. You know, he tells you. You know, you, you know, you got, it, there's still that office visit. Um, whether you agree with, the, with it or not, with the X-rays and all yeah, that other stuff, yeah, yeah, and 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 but sometimes in in our defense, sometimes you the diagnosis is forty dollars and the repair is a buck, yes, because you're there, yes. So there's we that runs into noises that, that a lot of times it's the diagnosis gets you, yes, to the to the fix. The other thing is is sometimes the diagnosis is part of the repair. For example, uh, if your window uh, if your window broke. Um, I got to pull that door panel off. I'm not going to charge you 85 to diagnose it, and then another the the the, the full amount to repair, re- remove and repair because I already have that uh, that that door, door panel, panel off. off in the process of the diagnostic fee. So it 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 just depends. But in a general sense of the word, uh, no, it does not apply. Okay. All righty, we got to move on. But thank you very much, Glenn. We're going to go to Will. Will, good morning to you. Hey, Mark. Um, good to talk to you, and I want to thank you for all your years of this program and your computer recommendations. It's just been an awesome and a real blessing to me, and I know everybody else. Thank you so well, much. Thank you very much. Okay, my uh, problem today is I have a 2000 F-150, 190,000 miles on a great truck. Love it. I have kind of a nuisance problem. I've had it since I bought it 15 years ago. Uh, the starter will, like, make this horrible noise and won't work, like, maybe once, twice three times, and it works, right? So okay. um, I replaced the starter like 10 years ago, and it didn't really fix the problem. So I've, I've lived with it, and I still live with it, but it's like so embarrassing, you know? Okay, let's stop. To start. Okay, let's stop for just a minute. Um, so I need you to quickly describe the noise. Oh, it's a horrible, like, metal, just... Okay, but is it during the cranking period? Yeah, yeah, as soon as okay. I turn the key, it just goes... All right, yeah, and yeah. it's not turning over the motor, it's the clash of gears. Yes. Okay, yes. all right, you got a V8 in that, or a six-cylinder, what do you got? A, v, a V8, 5.4. Okay, the, the, this, the flywheel will usually stop in one of two or one of four places, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You've you obviously are missing some teeth off of one. Of You've those. got some ground teeth on. It probably stops in this car in four spots. So twenty five percent of the time that you go to hit that starter, it's going to make that noise. Yeah, because Sorry. Yeah, yeah. now now if you're going to pull the flywheel out of it um, and and replace the flywheel, do the front seal on the transmission because you're there, and, and do the and, rear seal of the engine, and do the rear seal of the engine because the labor's there. 
So there's a little bit more to do the rear shield engine in the front of the drive shaft at 190,000 miles, but it's it's a waste of money to just go in and do the flywheel without doing everything that's in front of and back of it. So you don't want to pay that labor three times. So you're going to pay it once, but you're going to pay a little bit more for the rear seal and a little bit more for the front seal, but that's it. But you don't want to pay the labor once. Tell okay? me when you want an update on the Ford. Okay, give me an update on the Ford. Okay, so Eddie texted me, and he said, vacuum is used to unlock the front hubs. Uh, a lack of vacuum to the hubs will lock them. The vacuum, uh, When the vacuum leaks out, uh, you get a metallic ratcheting sound because the hubs are attempting to lock. And he said, um, it's worse on Excel because engine vacuum drops. Okay. Okay, so it's a vacuum issue. It's a it's a vacuum issue, so it's either a bad hub seal, uh-huh. which is very common, or like he ran into the other day, it's got little tiny vacuum lines, little black plastic vacuum lines, and he had, you know, they get brittle and right. they break, and he had like three or four breaks on this one the other day. And what we usually do on that is we get some windshield wiper hose and we slide it over the two broken ends and go drive it. And once we get the vacuum system all situated, then we go drive it and everything's fine. So then now we call the customer and say, you want us to replace all this black plastic stuff, or do you want us just to leave the repair, the the, the junkyard repair in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, the temporary. And if you do the temporary, it's kind of nice because that gives a little flexibility to this little bitty plastic line that always breaks. So they they break less if you put this vibration meter in there. And Eddie's been working us for us for 29 years. He's a master tech. And yep. you said Ford, and he knows Fords. Yep. And God bless all you people with Fords. Jeez, you need as much help <laughs> as you can get. Nevertheless, let's go to Harry. Harry, good morning. Mark, good hearing from you. Hey, uh, I'm glad your son's on uh, today. I, I, I always kind of wondered on your... Uh, I believe you have a 2012, is that correct? You know, you guys get really picky. I'm just trying. I, I, I want to admit to everybody right now, I lie sometimes. <laughs> I lie no, about. I can't I, he's lying about sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Just let you know. He's lying I, about the word sometimes. I, I tell people I've experienced that, and I haven't. I tell people that I do something at, at 3,000 miles, it's, and I don't. I do it at 6 or 8 or 10. It's, it's not a lie. It, it's it's actually an exaggeration. You, you, you like to exaggerate. I don't know where what? I get it from. Okay, then shut up <laughs> because I'm going to turn your mic up. It, it, it's it's just to drive home the point. Right, I get it. Okay, um, people, uh, I, I tell them every once in a while I drive a Ford, and you know that's not the truth. Yeah, Your wife so, does. Yeah, my wife does, and uh, and and she's soon to be ex-wife just because she did buy that Ford. <laughs> that anyway, cost you dearly. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know, but she 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 her her uh, equilibrium is starting to fail. So I'm I'm thinking I'm pretty sure that she's gonna. Um, uh, yeah, are we five minutes past that break? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I our break was Harry, you got to stick right there. I'm, I'm five minutes past the break. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Mark Levin explains what's legal and illegal. There's lots of things that are legal that may influence the outcome of a campaign that may make a candidate look positive. Everything's not illegal. And a non-disclosure agreement paid with private funds is not illegal. Matter of fact, it's done every damn day in this country. It's been done by the Southern District of New York. But they call it hush money when it comes to Trump. Oh, hush money. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. 
Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join James and Brandon Herbis for the Safe Money Radio Show here on KKNT every Saturday at 2 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. And you can also call James and Brandon now for your free customized safe information money kit and a 115-page safe money book at 844-371-SAFE. That's 844-371-7233. This is Albert Moeller for Downhall.com. Earlier this year, the nation's highest court handed down a decision in the case of Jack Phillips, the baker from Colorado who had been found guilty by the State Civil Rights Commission of having violated the rights of LGBT persons by refusing to create cakes with certain messages. The result was a 7-2 decision in favor of Jack Phillips. But now, the very same man, after the U.S. Supreme Court victory, has some of the very same folks coming back for him again. The Alliance Defending Freedom, the group that successfully defended Jack Phillips all the way to the Supreme Court, is representing him once again. What you haven't seen reported much is that this is, to put it succinctly, a scam. His opponents in Colorado have made a crusade out of pestering him with outrageous cake requests and then complaining to state officials when he refuses to make them. The issues here, you can be sure, are much bigger than just Jack Phillips. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately, because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Um, this is an announcement. We have a new opening at Salem Boys Auto. Um, <laughs> it's for general manager and, and, and director of operations. And um, he'll, we, we are looking for applicants at, at this very minute. But I want to tell you real quick about a repair shop. First of all, folks, it's important to know that second generation and third generation auto repair shops, if you make it to the second or you make it to the third, it's a big deal especially when it's successful and especially like when you're in the third third generation at SNS tire that has three locations Peoria Surprise and Goodyear all of them on the west side they have a comprehensive list of tires line of tires and many different brands of the same size so you can go in and say give me a good better best kind of a pricing structure for four tires and they'll do it 
of course they're going to balance your tires and they do alignment and suspension work and oil changes and all that kind of stuff so no matter whether you're looking for a wheelbarrow or a tractor tire S&S tires got it the the the, the line of of power goes like this Bob started the company and when Bob passed away he turned it over to Rob and Dan his sons so the two boys now run the operation, and very much like my daughter and son, they both have different responsibilities, but it's a team that's grown up in the business. And I know the Slagle boys have been in the business for more than 20 years. So it's just like my kids. They've been in 20, 25 years as well. So S&S has been around the block, and they've been around a long time. So if you're in the west side, then that's a great place to go. Let's go back to Harry. Harry, did you have a question for us, or were you just yes, going to call and uh, uh, tease me? Yes, I do. Uh, when you... Uh Got your truck. I know you did a lot of uh, uh, tweaking on it, expensive tweaking, and I believe your son probably did more, a lot of the work. Yep. Uh, my question is, did you improve your uh, your performance on it against your son's? Uh, <laughs> he won't race me now. <laughs> he won't race me now. He won't um, race. The, 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 I don't need to. The the, the story was well, he's at a three quarter ton and I'm a one ton, so that there's a little bit of a difference. When I bought the Dodge truck, his truck, I couldn't outrun him, outpull him, I couldn't do anything, and so I said to him, you know, here's the keys to my truck, make my truck like yours, and he wouldn't do it, and so for years um, I couldn't find the work order because he has to have a work order for all this trick stuff he put in his. So I finally just queried the word turbo. And I found a turbo file, a repair order, in his grandmother's file. <laughs> and so I looked at the work order, and sure enough, everything is on there that he did to his three-quarter ton. So I walked into his office with a copy of that. I danced it across his desk, and I said, here, big dog, make my truck like this one. And at that point, he knew that uh, I had caught him. But I can just tell you this much. Um, on a long grade, when I'm hauling four horses... Um, nobody else with a trailer passes me. <laughs> and I'm not breaking the speed limit, but if they're doing 45, I'm passing them. But that answers your question. Are you exaggerating on the speed limit? Ask ask Alan. I don't drive with them. Okay. See, that's it. I always drive in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Down. Yeah, well, of course, he's not hauling anything but his fat butt, but I'm hauling trailers with construction equipment, uh, tractors, excavators, hay, and horses, and he's hardly hauling anything. But anyway, thanks very much, Harry. Thank okay, you very much. Have a good time. Good you day. betcha. Right. Thank you. All righty. I want to tell you about another repair. We, we had a customer that complimented um, Action Auto, Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley. Yep. I've known Tom for a very long time, and I think we date back to the late 70s and early 80s. Um, he's been in business since 1983, and I remember when he went into business. He's really a good guy. He knows the difference between right and wrong. He's been around a very long time. His staff has been around a very long time. He doesn't have a lot of turnover, and they're very, very good. So if you're looking for a repair shop in the Deer Valley area, the North Phoenix area, I-17 in Deer Valley on the northwest corner is Action Auto Repair, and it's a great shop for you to try if you don't already have a shop for you. Okay, you got anything else on your mind you want to talk about? Oh, I have lots of Okay, mind. well, yeah, well, I, you're unemployed right now. <laughs> <laughs> lots, always in my mind. Well, we did a, um, we, we had a, a Land Rover come in the other day with a differential leak. Yeah. And it takes all kinds of special tools to take it all apart, and it was a $900 bid that we were working against. Yep. Um, we fixed it, 
Um, and we were under our estimate by about 10%, under the estimate that the customer had in their hand. Yep. And I'm hoping you're going to tell me that we put a lot of miles on it to make absolutely sure that we didn't have a leak at that pinion seal. Yep. No, okay. everything was good. Was All right. Fine. So we've delivered it, and that's um, – now, there's lots of shops that like to bid against other shops' business. But the customer has to come to the party with a, a specific estimate. You can't just say rear pinion. Well, did they change all the fluid while were they were there? Did they change the bearings while they were there? Was there any uh, the back U-joint on the drive shaft? Did they change that? Right. Just to say, okay, well, yeah, he said he'd do the pinion bearing for $200. Well, that might be the part. Right. And then after that, you've got a whole bunch of labor. So there's a lot associated with an estimate. The very best thing to do is get a written estimate because in order for us to give you an estimate, we had to identify all the parts, all the labor, and most every, all of our software is going to add in shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. Right. Now, admittedly, I'm going to admit this is the truth. You can be my lie <laughs> detector. We always add 10% on top of our estimate. Yes. We're always adding that because we don't know about the little stuff. We don't know if we're going to need a cable here, an extra tie here. We don't need if we're going to need a wire when we do your spark plugs. We don't know. So And we don't want to have to call you like 30 times. Exactly. But more important than anything else is I can safely say that no one has had a repair order in 20 years that was one penny over the number we gave them. Right. Not one penny. And here's why. is because we can't. And we won't. So even if we are over, they have to reduce it to one penny less than the estimates you gave you. And, of course, that really doesn't do well with me because typically I'm the one that's eating the labor or eating the part because somebody made an addition error, which is normally Alan, but um, I'll, I'll leave that aside. So there's those kinds of issues that go on in your shop. Once again, always ask for your old parts back. Why? It's because if... You just had a $400 mass airflow sensor replaced, and you drive away, and within two or three days, you have exactly the same symptoms. You go back to the shop and say, we need to start all over. You're going to really wish you would have kept that mass airflow sensor. Tell them, put my old parts in the box of the new parts and put the box on some towels on the passenger side floorboard. Now, we're not going to give you back oil filters and air filters. and, and Or we'll anything give, with the core. Anything with the core and anything that's going to leak anything or smell your car up. That ain't right. going to happen. Right. So we're not, but, but the idea is, is if you go back, you can say, I have my old mass airflow sensor, my old one. I'd like a credit to start with. Put my old one back on, and we need to move on. So you have that availability. Now, obviously, once you determine that your car's running fine and the symptoms are gone, you can throw it away. I'll tell you the backdoor reason why we always give the carts back to the customer. It reduces my trash bill by one third. <laughs> is that true? That is true. That is true. That is true. And so we don't give you your oil filter and your fuel filter for obvious reasons, but we do give you all your old parts back. Now, the real beauty of it is is that your husband can look at them, those ladies that their husband yes. wants to, and you can take our part anywhere you want. Our, I talk about our industry. Our part anywhere you want, and somebody's going to look at it and say, yeah, that's bad. A bad motor mount, a bad fan clutch that's leaking oil, a radiator with few, hose. With few exceptions. I mean... An alternator. They can't look at it, an alternator, but right. usually there's a core on that or a mass airflow sensor per se. Right. You know, any electrical is going to be tough to, tough to, you know. We're not going to have to buy the, or pay a core, but if you want your old alternator back, usually the core is 25 35 45 50 depending on the price of the thing. So you're going to have to pay that. Now, I know for us and many of the shops I know, if you take it and have your husband test it or whatever and you bring it back, we're going to give you that core money back. Yeah. But you have to pay to get it because we have to, we owe that. 
So anyway, my email address is mark at marksalem.com. The website is marksalem.com. It's got a lot of car information, a lot of FAQs that are created over the last 28 years of radio. And there's the best car repair shops list is there. So if you don't have a shop and you live in uh, in Westside or if you live in Tempe or if you live in the north end of town, we've got spots there. And car sh- our car repair shops, body shops, mechanical shops, transmission shops, diesel shops, we've got all that available for you. So at MarkSalem.com. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me. Thank you for letting me tease you. Thank you for letting me uh, be ornery. And uh, I can promise you that I will pay the price as soon as I get off the air. My wife will have something to say about my behavior.